This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. A free-for-all Friday. You're asking to hear something I don't want to say. But if I do say it, I think you ought to hear it. You got anything on your chest besides your chin, you better get it off. All right, then you asked for it. Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free-for-all Friday means you set the tone. Here is Libby Snymer. Good afternoon and welcome to this Free For All Friday. There is so much to talk about today. So John Tory has announced that he's running again. You know, frankly, no surprise there. It is obvious that he really loves this job, though uh, after two years of trying to navigate the pandemic, it also wouldn't have been that much of a surprise if he stuck to his original plan and said only two terms. Uh, He said that he figured it out with his family to try to find more balance. I say, good luck with that. Uh, My impression is uh, he doesn't say no to any public engagement. We want to get him back on the show soon, though. Hey, John. Uh, So uh, what do you think of that? Is that a good thing? Uh, Will that lead to stability? The number is to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Of course, there are a bunch of politicians who are not running again. Christine Elliott, the Deputy Premier and Health Minister, Rod Phillips, the former long-term care minister. So uh, there are both sides to this story. And there are a couple of other things that I really want to flag uh, that we perhaps haven't covered. There's this story in the Star uh, that focuses on a guy who bought a condo off plans for $427,000 in Burlington. Well, he just got a letter from the developer saying, uh, pay up. You're going to pay $665,990. I'm always amazed at the precision of that price, or we're going to cancel your contract. This is a condo that he put money down on five years ago. Now, at the same time, Ross Romano in the Ford government says that he's tabled legislation with tough new penalties for condo developers who behave unethically, because what this condo developer did, it's legal. Contract says uh, he can do that. And then they always cite unprecedented, unforeseen cost increases. Now, it's true there have been cost increases, but really, $238,990 worth of them on a single unit for a condo that's already under construction in Burlington. I mean, really. What do you think of that? And do you trust that the government's law will have the kind of teeth it has? Or, you know, who 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 is going to get to say what is an unjustified or a justified cost increase? I mean, there's always a risk when you buy off plans. Uh, you get a deal. Usually you get to make money on it. But uh, who knows when 
the thing will actually be finished and uh, what it is actually going to cost. So do you have thoughts on that? This buyer wanted to buy it for the future. He has a 13-year-old son for the future. Uh, A lot of people are either buying places or making massive contributions to their children so they can buy homes. Of course, you have to be able to afford to do that, but uh, there's almost no way for young people to get into the market if they cannot access the bank of mom and dad. So I want to know what you think of all of this. And on uh, another couple of notes, we had this story about Jerry Dias, who is the outgoing head of Unifor, huge union, the largest, uh, one of the largest unions in the country, the largest private sector union in the country. And uh, he uh, stepped down from his job, but he was also under investigation for accepting $50,000 from a supplier and pitching that supplier to employers. Uh, and, you know, I mean, Uh, I guess no words. I mean, this is someone that I have dealt with for many, many years, going back before Unifor to the Canadian auto workers. And you look at something like this and you just shake your head. And I know he says that he's under stress and there were addiction issues, but, you know, still, uh, it's something that's very disappointing to see and and, uh, not a very good way to end a career for sure. And uh, what else is there? We got a lot of calls yesterday on the promised dental program that will result from that NDP and Liberal Alliance on Parliament Hill. And I wonder if people have more to say about that. Seems like something that people really, really want. So let us get to it. The numbers to call again, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740. Four seven forty, and our first call is about John Tory running again. Hi, Pat. Good morning or good afternoon. Yes, I just can't say enough about what what John Tory has done, and I don't know the man, but I am so impressed with his competence. I mean, he just handles everything so well. And my one frustration is, why isn't he leading the country? Or if not the country, the province. Well, he tried that. Um, uh, what has he done that you like so much? Is uh, well, you're talking about his every, style? Everything he always seems to have everything handled. I mean, the man must work fifteen hours a day. Um, but there are no controversies. He just seems to set the tone. And you know, when somebody at the top like that sets the tone, that spreads through the organization. So I, I can't say enough about the man. I just, I just wish he was running for a higher position than this one, even though this is an extremely important position. Yeah, um, but you know, some people say yes, uh, he's a really good guy. But when you have, when you look at actual accomplishments, he wants his legacy to be affordable housing and transit. Uh, you know, uh, but um, things get bogged down here. What can I say? Well, one of the reasons they get bogged down uh, is that the the province keeps on taking powers away from the municipalities. Uh, and, uh, I mean, the the really concerning issue, as far as I'm concerned with the province, is these MKZs, MK, this municipal zoning orders, where they can come along 
and override anything any other body has done at a lower level. And it's very concerning, especially for the environment. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, before that, we were headed towards a more kind of uh, city-favorable way of settling disputes, but we're back to uh, the the uh, OMB, the Ontario Municipal Boards, that uh, seems to always side with developers. But but the powers be even taken away from them, Libby. That's the point of the MZOs. I mean, the municipal zoning orders allow basically the province to come along and do anything. Exactly. And, and it, it, I mean... And there's all these rumors about what's involved with the 413 highway, et cetera. And, uh, you know, it's very concerning, especially around the environment. So uh, those are my two cents worth for the day. Okay, thanks, Pat, for that. Thank you. All right. The numbers again, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Our first call of the day was on John Tory running again. Does that surprise anyone? He had made a previous promise. He said he's only going to do two terms. You know, when it comes to certain political things, you know, you, you look at somebody, they get in. Let's say they manage to get something done, you know, uh, then the public gets tired of them and somebody else comes in and kind of reverses what they did. So I could see wanting to run for a third term to, you know, make sure things stick. And uh, this guy, John Tory, he loves his job. He said as much, but it's pretty obvious from the way he does it that he loves his job. I don't know that there was anybody that would have been a natural successor. I don't know if there are current counselors who feel a little stymied by that. And by the way, if he wins a third term, and uh, I'd say that's pretty well a foregone conclusion, if he wins a third term, then he will be the longest serving mayor after Art Eggleton. Let's go to Tom in Ajax. Hi, Tom. Hi, good afternoon. Um, I was really, really stunned this week when we found out that uh, your prime minister has found a way to pretty much negate the votes in the last election. And that's, uh, uh, yeah, he's your Donald prime Trump minister, too. Hmm? I said he's your prime minister, too. I, I will never admit to that. But um, No, but pretty well he's done what Donald Trump set out to do, just re- completely nullify the results of the election because... According to the agreement, there cannot be a non-confidence vote, and therefore the opposition can't hold them accountable because it just won't happen now. Well, so anyone the, who voted liberal is going to have their NDP policies forced upon them, and they didn't vote NDP, they voted liberal. Well, exactly. I mean, it's not that there can't be a confidence vote, but they can't. it can't succeed. Right, if, so there'll be no point in having it. If the agreement holds, that's the other thing. I mean, uh, you can assume that the agreement will hold. And again, it's perfectly legal, but it does get around Parliament. And it is a slap in the face. I'm sure there are a lot of people who voted NDP because they don't like Justin Trudeau or the Liberals and vice versa. A lot of people who voted Liberal because they don't like the NDP and uh, suddenly... I, I know some completely really staunch far left wing supporters, and they are not happy about this because the NDP's policies are even too far left for them. So basically, they've each just found a way to stay in power regardless. 
And well, I still don't understand how this is legal. Maybe could you maybe get a guest on next week that will can explain this to us? I, I just don't understand how it can be legal. It's legal. And it's yeah. not even a full coalition, which would be legal. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's just so stunning, but it's not because he'll do, as one of your guests in January said, the liberals have a leader who collects ethics violations like Christmas cards and they don't care. Hmm. But so why I do I have a feeling him. that you, you didn't vote either liberal or NDP? Uh, no, I don't believe in socialism or Marxism. So I, I did not. Um, but again, it just, it, it just proves that they will do anything to stay in power. And I guess now all these ethics violations things against him will just kind of have to be put in the back burner or maybe will just go away. I think they've already gone away. You ask me. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I don't seem to be able to find an answer, but it's just, it's disappointing anyway. And I just, even like I said, friends of mine who are staunch liberal supporters are just stunned by this. Well, you know what? The EU held them accountable yesterday. Yeah, well, um, you know what? If anything, I think uh, it will just make it more and more likely that after this deal expires, uh, the conservatives will get their chance. Yeah, if they put the right person in. I think this, unfortunately, will remove Jean Charest from it because I don't think he wants to wait that long. He would have brought a huge Quebec vote with him, but Patrick Brown will bring a huge uh, East Asian vote with him. So, you know. If they win. Yeah, and I think that was another maneuvering technique here because I think he knows that if they unite the Conservative Party, he's done. So, anyway, we'll have to just hope it won't plunge us into billions of dollars more debt. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't count on that either. No, me either. I'm sheltering all my investments right now. (laughs) Okay. Thanks for your call. Let's go to Jody in Toronto. Hi, Jody. Hi, Libby. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, Regarding Mr. Tory, uh, I have no doubt that he will get in again because he's the best we have right now. Um, But I do have some concerns with him uh, with regard to his... um, uh, things that he wants to do with housing and transit. These are his biggest items. But he's putting too much of that on the backs of property taxpayers. He has to find some other way to get some revenue other than taxing people with homes. You know, maybe a, a municipal tax or something, but th- this is too much. Certainly I've been upset about that. But the thing that really, really upset me in the last couple of years was the creation of black-only vaccine clinics. When I saw that, Libby, my heart just dropped and I thought to myself, are we going back to the 60s and the 50s? What is this all about? And it it just broke my heart that we're doing that, dividing people like that. And I'm sure it was approved by City Hall. Well, I I don't see that that way. They're trying to get at people who might have some barriers. I understand that, Libby, but can you imagine... If they said, okay, whites only. Well, they wouldn't do that because, not. because the, there's, there's not a, a barrier to being, a racial barrier anyway, to being white. Jody, thanks for your call. Uh, it is time for our first break. But let me give you the numbers again. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. So, so far, we've heard a bit about John Tory running again. What are your thoughts on that? We've heard about some uh, very deep dissatisfaction with the Liberal NDP alliance. It means that 
uh, if it sticks, Justin Trudeau will be in power until 2025. There won't be any kind of snap election. You know, he won a minority, but uh, doesn't behave like it's a minority. And that is more of the same. Uh, you know, if you think that's a good thing, let me know. But uh, so they will be in the saddle. It might be good for the other parties as well. For the conservatives, depending on who they elect as their leader. So they need someone who is going to hang around until 2025 and become more known. And for the NDP, well, they don't have a lot of money. They need to raise money. So it's good for them as well. And the liberals have to figure out who the next person is. And Justin Trudeau has to figure out when he leaves on his own terms. Uh, you know, th- three governments is usually the limit that the public will uh, tolerate their politicians for. So we'll see. Uh, he hasn't ruled out staying on and he's a young man. But uh, it looks like this might be the last one. And we have to see who emerges if anybody other than the usual suspects emerges. We've also had this terrible story about Jerry Dias, the head of Unifor, accepting a $50,000 kickback. Is it a bribe? Uh, And that was, I found that really shocking. I do have to say that. And we haven't talked about Ukraine. We got the news today that the Russians bombed that theater where people were sheltering last week. 300 people died in that, even though there was a big sign on the building that said children, the whole thing is just horrific. The numbers before we go to break, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740, and we will be right back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. When one considers the meaning of life, it is a struggle between alternative viewpoints of life itself. A free-for-all Friday. And without the ability to defend one's own viewpoint against other, perhaps more aggressive ideologies, then reasonableness and moderation could quite simply disappear. Name your topic and be as deep as you like, as long as there's a point in there somewhere. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this free-for-all Friday, the one, the original free-for-all Friday. So uh, the topics today, we've got John Tory declaring that he will be running again uh, for a third term. And if he wins it, he will be the longest serving Toronto mayor in history. Uh, He will have beaten Art Eggleton by about a year. And we're also talking about that NDP and Liberal alliance, whatever you want to call it, that would keep Justin Trudeau in power until 2025. I mean, he won a minority government. They usually last around 18 months. That's it. But this would keep him in power longer. And again, even though he won a minority government, uh, he governs like he's got a majority. And this just kind of clinches it. Uh, the deal is that they will enact certain programs that the NDP wants, expensive programs. They're talking pharmacare, 
and dental care. And yesterday we talked a bit about dental care and I was surprised at the level of response we got. So if you want to talk a bit more about that, it's something people want. There are programs across the country to help with dental care. The one here in Ontario is pretty lean. It is only for people over 65 and low-income people. The income cutoffs are very tight. It's 22000 and change if you're single, and I think 37 maybe for a couple. So it's really for low incomes. And the one thing about this program, and we don't know that much about it, is that it would be for people, for families who earn up to $90,000, and that's middle class. And middle class people still can have problems paying for the dentist. So let us get right to the phones. Let's go to Trevor in Toronto. Hi, Trevor. Hi, Libby. How are you doing? Fine. How are you? Yeah, actually, I think it's great between the Liberals and NDP getting together. I think more politicians and more political parties should work together and try to do what's best for, the, for their um, constituents. Uh, yeah, you've got a, not, a lot of noise on your line. Uh, oh, hopefully it goes away. Um, so what is good about this deal? Are there, is there anything that they're promising that you uh, particularly want? Well, you just mentioned it. Pharmacare is dental. My mom is a low-income individual, and even with what um, Doug Ford has put here, she has a hard time finding a dentist that would do it. And you have to take it to particular individuals that would do this, that, 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 that would work with that um, program. Well, it's, you have to go to a, a public health clinic. Hello? Yes. Can you hear me? You have to go to a public health clinic, and that's the issue for a lot of people. They want this to work so they can go to their own dentists. Right. Um, one of the other problems that, I mean, I, I think pharmacare also would be a very good one too as well. And one of the other issues that I wanted to talk about too is, is in my catchment area, we have a, a, an agency called Reconnect. Okay, you know what, uh, Trevor, I'm sorry, maybe try calling back, but I, I can... Sorry. I can't really make out what you're saying. So uh, maybe try to call us from a better spot. Thanks. Okay, let's go to Larry and the Beaches. Hi, Larry. Oh, hi, Libby. I admire the great rapport you have with everybody. Thanks. But, um, anyways, uh, just a few weeks ago, uh, Mayor Tory he stated that he can't tell the police what to do. But I'm thinking, if he can't tell the police what to do, something's wrong with the system. Don't aren't you supposed to have a civilian? I don't like they have they have civilian the oversight. Politicians are not allowed to direct the the police, and that is at any level. So, well, anyways, that surprises me, and I think that's wrong. But anyhow, uh, through he a mantra of his is that oh, police. Uh, can't be enforcing speed limits and uh, red lights and all that because uh, they're too well-trained to do that. So what? What Better that someone should get killed by a speeding car? Uh, just about a month ago, a young man, 18 years old, was on the sidewalk, Richmond and Young, and he's killed uh, by car jumping the sidewalk. Well, we've now, had we've we have record fatalities on the roads as yeah, the city yeah. roads. Yeah, I've noticed maybe there's beefing. He's changed his opinion, or the cops have changed their opinion. There, there is the odd radar enforcement that's uh, non-photo radar, but that's another thing. 
as it stands now, I think photo radar is only in school districts. Well, they have red light cameras. They're putting yeah, more in. I think. I, I just want to say, I think photo radar. Every road in Ontario should be subject to photo radar to help curb this epidemic of speeding cars. And uh, someone should get being be, be, get that into. Um, yeah. How much would that cost, head. Larry? Thanks for your call. Yeah, um, they are putting in more red light cameras. Uh, I, I don't think Mayor Tory ever said that police shouldn't enforce that. He said better done with technology. I mean, the police, uh, we don't have enough of them to enforce everything. That's unfortunately true. And, you know, we, we've often talked about really bad behavior on the roads. And it doesn't happen when there's a cop there. And if a cop was there... It probably wouldn't happen, but there you go. Let us, uh, first of all, let me give the numbers again, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Let's go to Marianne in Brantford. Hi, Marianne. Hello. Thanks, Libby. Um, I just wanted to comment that I've remember lots of times when we had a minority government that had to work with one of the other parties in order to get things done. I think pharmacare and dental care, I think Canadians should have that. Um, I know New Zealand's had dental care for years. Um, and uh, the other thing is I wish the two parties would work together and get us a new citizenship act. Last time we had a conservative majority in, uh, thousands of us had ours stripped, and lots of people are still out of luck. Um, so that's just what I wanted to comment on. Okay. Thank uh, you. Th- thanks for your call, Marianne. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Let's go to Brenda in Midland. Hello, Brenda. Oh, hello. Good afternoon. Um, what I'm calling about was on your guests on Monday uh, when you were talking about um, the uh, war, and uh, I just wanted, it just came to mind, I'm 88, I went through uh, six years of the war in England, and uh, I was 12 when it was over, so it, it kind of made it out that Nobody really remembered, but this huge amount of the public that still remember the Second World War. And what um, came to mind is, is this history repeating itself that nobody wanted to get involved with the Second World War? And look what happened. They took all over Europe, Hitler. So, I mean, somehow they're going to have to take on Putin and... um, He's, otherwise, I think he's just going to keep on going. And uh, I know that uh, everybody's saying, well, sort of not in our backyard, you know, it's not affecting us. But I'm frightened that it is going to affect everybody pretty soon if they don't get some uh, thing under control. You know what? Uh, a lot of people think that. And it's interesting that a lot of people in your demographic who do remember the war are particularly adamant about it. It was uh, on on the way to work today. I stopped by my tailor, Frank, who is also 88, working, and uh, he's saying the same thing. And of course, uh, the difference is 
between now and, and at least the beginning of World War II are nuclear weapons, and that's what everyone yeah, is yeah. terrified of. Yeah, but, I mean, how many thousands and thousands are going to die before um, this happens? I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but I'm, I'm very scared that uh, this is going to escalate and, uh, you know, <laughs> if we don't strike first, he will. I, I, that's my uh, opinion anyway. Okay, so well. I hope uh, it never happens. I, I mean, I wouldn't want anything to go that far, but um, it's, it's dragging on and, uh, I mean, talking and talking in these uh, things. I have to turn it off when I see the TV, and they're all in, the, in Europe uh, talking away and... Uh, it, I mean, uh, nobody wants to really, you know, put one foot forward. They're all, um, you know, standing and, uh, you know, saying things, but it's not meaning anything really, I don't oh, think. Okay, well, we'll have to see if anything, well, there's more sanctions out of that NATO summit, which is just ending or yeah, just well, thank ended. thank you for taking my call. Okay, Brenda, thank you for your perspective. Thank Okay. The numbers, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. It's Free For All Friday. It's your day. We can talk about what you want to talk about, and we have had a whole variety of subjects. Today, we have covered the waterfront, as they say, so uh, this is a place to have your say. Let's go to John in Pickering. Hi, John. Hi there, Libby. Um, I have a question regarding... Uh uh, proof of uh, COVID vaccinations at the airport. Yep. When flying from um, Pearson to the U.S., uh, the information I've seen says you you have to be prepared to to show the vaccination proof, but it doesn't say anywhere where and when you do it. I called the air- airlines; they referred me to CBSA website, which wasn't explicit. Are you going? Are you? Are they you, didn't you, know. You're Sorry. flying. Flying from Toronto to the U.S., and I want to know. Where do you show the proof of vaccination? Is well, they'll boarding uh, pass. They will ask you uh, the the uh, your airline will ask you, and then when you go through customs, they'll ask you. So, when you print the boarding pass, do you do you provide the information there? Well, if, that's interesting because you know a lot of these airlines are saying print your own boarding pass in advance and all of that, and at least on the way back from the States when I was there, uh, it, it, it wasn't really worth it to have done that because they made repeated announcements. If you've, if you've printed your boarding pass and you haven't talked to an airline agent, uh, line up and do that now. So. Yes. On the return is pretty clear. Yeah. I, I can't discern by going to CBS website exactly where you have well, to prove it. I don't CB- want to get there, and, and then there's a fine print somewhere that said I, I should have printed it 48 hours in advance. No, I I mean, you, you show it, there's two places. There's when you check in with the airline, and then you're going through customs. They will ask you to to show it. Okay. Well, the information I saw says you must, or they really want you to use a kiosk so to check in. Well. You don't, you don't have to go to the desk. Yeah, you don't, you don't have to, and uh, then... They leave it to the border agent or they'll call you up at the gate. So um, just have it ready. Okay. Thank you. Okay, John. Okay, bye. Bye. Yeah. And uh, by the way, 
Even April the 1st, when you won't need a test to come back, you still have to use the ArriveCan app. I just saw a notice about that. So it has to be loaded into the ArriveCan app. It's not very hard to do, but just remember that it, if you don't have it in the ArriveCan app, they'll, you'll have a headache. So do it if you're coming back from the States. Okay, let's take a call from Brian in Mimico. Hi, Brian. Hi, Libby. I guess uh, we know why our actor playing the role of prime minister refused to answer any questions, which he does, never does anyway, from the journalists over in Europe who asked if Canada will live up to spending 2% of the GDP, whatever it is, GDP, domestic product on our military and whether he's going to replace any of those munitions that he gave away to Ukraine. He didn't seem to want to answer it. I guess he had the idea that he's got a deal coming up with the NDP. And the NDP, the last thing they want to spend money on is the military. So as far as the Russian threat in our northern Arctic region and that goes, I guess the best thing we can do is tell them to haul down those Canadian flags, leech out the red, run them back up, and then send a bunch of teachers up to teach them Russian as a second language. Oh, Brian, I think you're exaggerating a bit. By the way, the NDP said that they would not stand in the way of increased defense spending, which is apparently coming. Don't know if it's going up all the way to 2%, and uh, that's something the conservatives would support, right? Well, time will tell. I'll take bets that it's not going to happen. Uh, okay, well, uh, it'll it's it, it, we'll find out one way or another soon enough. And it's interesting we have exhausted our stockpiles, whatever that means. And he was asked about that in Brussels, and he said, "Well, we will find a way of getting more munitions, like directly to Ukraine, so we'll we'll buy it for them." I I don't understand how that happens or how it happens quickly, but the cupboard is bare. I imagine a lot of the munition suppliers, they're running out, too. It's going to take a while to rearm us. Okay, well, (laughs) yeah. Thanks very much for that, Brian. Okay. Okay, time for another break. Before we go to break, the numbers 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. 40. As I said, we've been talking about all kinds of things today. Everything from John Tory running again, the liberal NDP coalition, alliance, whatever you want to call it, NATO, the war in Ukraine, uh, and some of the pandemic rules. We haven't really talked about the pandemic yet. Uh, some people are saying that we may even be in a sixth wave, but they're calling it a wavelet because it's not like the other waves. So lots to talk about. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740, and we will be back after the break. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight back with Libby's Nimer, a free for all Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt. Just be lively about it. 
We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this free-for-all Friday. Of course, it's the day that we talk about what you want to talk about. And there have been a lot of different things coming up today. And I'm not surprised because there's a lot going on. So let us get right to it. Diane in Burlington. Hello. Hello. Hi, Libby. Hi. Go ahead. I wanted to talk to you about the new dental program. I think there's quite a gap uh, for long-term care. Long-term care people in wheelchairs can't go out to a clinic. And uh, I just experienced my husband having um, a cavity filled last week. And long-term care um, codes are so different from an, from the regular dentist. They're allowed to charge way more. Um, for a small cavity, I was charged over $300, $312. The code when I spoke to Ontario Dental was 283.40. They are allowed to charge plus any percent above that. That is very high. I would hope that the new dental program might include long-term care. Is it is that because the dentists have to go to the care home as opposed to you going to the dentist? Exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's reasonable that they're compensated from that because that cuts the amount of work they can do. Uh, though I don't, I don't know if that's the right number, but, but, you know, once you have to do that, 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 that cuts into what you're able to do, I would think. True, but that is a big gap between what an ordinary dentist would charge. But how can they go to the, this public clinic if you're in a wheelchair in a long-term care? Well, you can't. You can't. You can't. Uh, and um, so they come to the long-term care home, but you have to pay out of pocket. Exactly. I did not know that. But okay, did he get his so teeth fixed? No help in that, but maybe they'll understand that there is a gap in their program. Well, yeah, I mean, I would think that if it's a program where uh, it's you're eligible up to ninety thousand dollars in income, uh, and you can use your own dentist. It depends on the restrictions in the program, but you would think that it would apply to people in long-term care the same as others. But that's a good question, and when we see more details, Diane, we will definitely ask about that. Thank you very much, Libby. You are very welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Let us go to Dan in Kingston. Hi, Dan. How are you, Libby? Fine. How are you? Good, thank you. Um during the pandemic, there was a lot of talk about teachers and students. There was hardly anything said about bus drivers, mm-hmm. school bus drivers. We're hit, being hit hard with this pandemic. There's lots of drivers off sick and just nothing. The government just doesn't want to do anything to help replenish the stock of bus drivers. You're talking about a pay bump? Yeah, like some drivers are like down around my area. You're lucky to get $18 an hour. Mm -hmm. People come and train, younger people train at the buses, and then they go to the city transits that are offering $23 plus an hour. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, who pays the, but isn't it this, wouldn't it be the school board that pays? Yeah, the school boards do, but they get their money from Toronto. Yeah. So they get all their money from Toronto. They like, they don't have the money out of their own pockets. It comes out of Toronto. So you would like to see how much of a bump? Well, at least get a little bit of respectability. I'm over 65 and with the, the you, you can't live off the old age pension. And I've driven bus for years, so like you have nothing to back up yourself with. I think a lot of bus drivers are uh, older people. Yeah, they are. Most of them are, and they they've retired with a good pension from another place. But there's a lot of us that don't have any good sized pensions. Hmm. Yeah, pensions are becoming uh, something that's very scarce and uh, very rarefied, mostly for people in the public sector. Yes, and another thing, too, uh, like, it's so hard to get your license through the MTO anymore because there's so many restrictions, and they just keep on making it harder. The paperwork we've got to do every day and everything, it's just that's what discourages people from getting into driving school buses. Okay. And there we know there have been shortages of people driving school bus. Dan, thanks for that. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Let's go to Bridget in Toronto. Hi, Bridget. Hi, Libby. Just following up from our brief conversation a couple days ago um, about dental. Mm-hmm. Um, wondering, um, I, and, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, did you mention that you they predict or they thought there were about 80% of people were um, in some kind of corporate or yep. employer plan. That's, yeah, that's the it, number I've seen. It seems really high to me, and here's what, why I think that. You know, if you consider that uh, so many people now are part of this, what they would call a gig economy, how can those people won't be in plans? And consider all of the young people coming out of uh, university or college, they won't have plans. So well, it just seems high. And I only mention it because I want to make sure that there's as much ammunition as possible when they, um, in terms of how big the gap is when they go for uh, that funding. Yeah, the thing is that when people are covered, they their dependents are covered. So right. maybe, I mean, I'm assuming that the number is accurate. And it seems high. It just seems high. That's all. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's still a lot of people who are not covered. It just seems like, you know, most of the middle income earners that I know, at least half of them aren't covered. And so, and once, you know, once your um, dependents are um, out of university or college, and I work for part-time for universities, then they're no longer um, part of that um, plan. Right. Yeah. Anyway, it was just an example, and it seems high. That's all. Yeah. Well, the the first tranche of the dental plan is just going to cover kids under 12, apparently. I know. Yeah. Oh, well, be paying out of pocket for a little while. I yes. Guess. Yes. And then we have to make sure that it all happens and gets done. Thanks for your call, Bridget. Thanks, Libby. Bye-bye. Let's go to Burgess in Richmond Hill. Hello. Oh, we lost Burgess. Uh, you can call back. We still do have a few minutes left. We'll take Bill in Toronto. Hi, Bill. Hi, Libby. Go you ahead. Must, you must get to know an awful lot after doing this show. You bounce from topic to topic and seem to be able to handle most of them. <laughs> well, I I try to keep on top of things. That's my job. Yeah. Did you know uh, Jerry and Justin were are best friends, right? Eh? 
Jerry? Yes? Uh, I don't know. Oh, no. Jerry, believe me, they've worked hand-in-hand, and uh, Unifor supported the Liberals to the eyeballs. Oh, well, uh, yeah. I, I would go as far as to say they're in bed together, but that's not why I'm calling. Okay, yeah. Yeah, but I, the CBC in particular, but mainstream media, I've been following this Trudeau thing over in the EU. And um, so I've seen clips that have uh, one guy, one of the uh, one of the people there called him a dictator. Another one from Germany said that he was basically a disgrace to human rights. Um, and the CBC writes an article or, or basically makes a statement that he was giving a standing ovation. When, when he presented to the hall, it was virtually empty. Well, he, he did get a standing ovation when he spoke, and then he was raked over the coals by reporters. So, well, I tell you, you know, delegates, I, I'm not sure whether they're, they're members of the, they are members of the EU. I don't quite understand how that works. But one of them actually said he was a dictator that rode over women with his horses. And another, the, the, the woman from Germany said he was a disgrace to human rights. <laughs> it was absolutely. This was not covered in any of the Canadian media. You had to go. Uh, I, I, it, well, I'm just. Uh, I don't. I don't know about. Certainly, don't know about the CBC. It. It was covered in print. I was reading about it. So, but it, it's just totally ignored. If they did that to Donald Trump, they would run with that. Every TV station, every newspaper, that'd be frontline. Trump's a dictator. I just. I can't understand. The coverage, this guy's like Teflon. He's like water on a duck's back. He can do anything, and the media turns a blind eye to it. And I don't know, that funding of, of, uh, of media, he funds the CBC, so private media is sitting there. They're all, you know, they're not happy because, well, we have to compete with a government-funded news agency. So what's he do to, to shut them up? He starts paying them off. Well, yeah, there, there. I agree with you that there are issues with that, and the with the funding of the CBC. Actually, a lot of private broadcasters don't want the CBC's funding cut, but they they don't want to allow the CBC to compete with ads. Like the CBC has it both ways now, right? Yeah, you've got it. Um, so the, um, one thing too, when he brought in the Emergency Measures Act. He based it on two stories that were written by the CDC that said most of the money was, well, Trudeau called it dark money or whatever. It was coming from the U.S. It was from outside of Canada. That was absolutely disproven. Those two articles were retracted by the CDC. And that's what Trudeau's using to Well, you you can't say that that's what he was using at all. And there are local authorities who said they needed that emergency, uh, the the emergency law. But, Bill, I hear you. And, um, yeah, there was reporting. Trudeau was raked over the coals by reporters in Europe. Thanks. You you have to look. You have to look. uh, Canadian media does not serve the people that are paying for it. I'll tell you that. Okay, Bill. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. I hope we are serving you, and we do have a few minutes left. Let's go. Burgess uh, was cut off, and he's back. Hi, Burgess. Hi, how are you? Fine. How are you? I'm okay. Thank you for asking. 
Yeah, well, uh, I, I, I didn't get the whole thing with that gentleman, but uh, a lot of what he said made sense. Uh, our, our snowflake uh, prime minister, he bribed the media with $600 million. That's why he's... So the, the media will kiss as you know what. So Well, I, I don't know about that. that. Well, but, of course it is. Okay, you it, wanted it, to it, talk it, about it, Jerry Dias? Well, it's just like Obama in the United States. They, they protect him like... Like there's no tomorrow because uh, for, for for similar reasons. Um, Obama's like two two presidents ago. Did you want to say something about Jerry Dias in uniform? About what? <laughs> Jerry Dias in uniform. That's what I have on my screen. Yeah, I, I don't know what, what what that's about. Oh, okay. Thanks for your call, Burgess. Let's go no to Grant in Ontario. Thank you, Libby, for taking my call. I have just one short comment. Uh, I think the average person, working man, woman, whatever, uh, we expect when we have a federal election uh, that we will have, that will be the government uh, that will run our country for the next uh, term for the four years. And I think it's a great thing that uh, when... Whoever's elected, wherever, I think it's a, a government showing maturity and honesty that uh, we only have an election every four years and we get an opportunity. And, and the government makes whatever, uh, whoever uh, you're with when it comes to political sides, you work together and uh, keep this country together. And do what's best for the mass majority. That's my view. Okay. Thank you for that, Grant. Hard to tell from that if he likes the deal or dislikes the deal. Um, But uh, people are on both sides of that question. Uh, I think, do we have time for one more? Okay, we take one more quick one from Sita in Mississauga. Hi, Sita. Hi, Libby. Great show. Thank you. Singh will never be prime minister. He do have some good ideas, so why not join or negotiate, whatever you want to call it, with the prime minister? And we don't have, we don't want another election in a hurry. The conservatives don't even have a strong and stable leader that voters need or want more time to know. Okay, well, the conservatives weren't thrilled with this, but uh, thanks for your call, Sita. Take care. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye-bye. And that is all the time we have for today. I'll be back here on Monday. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.